the Lord said to Moses, I will bring judgment on all the gods in the land so that my wonders may multiply. This is the key to understanding God's plan behind the disasters. Ten plagues against ten false gods man has made for themselves. This is the second plague from the book of Exodus chapter 8. In the second plague, frogs came up from the river to cover the whole land onto everyone and in their homes. These frogs came from the river, which was turned into blood from seven days ago and did not revert back to become water. From there came the frogs at the command of Moses and Aaron, because the Lord God had instructed them to do so. From verse 6 of chapter 8, it says, So Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt, and the frogs came up and covered the land. But the magicians and sorcerers among the Egyptians did the same thing by their secret arts, and also made frogs come up on the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh called Moses and Aaron and said, Pray to the Lord to take away the frogs from me and from my people, and I will let the people go to sacrifice to the Lord. Pharaoh at this point was bargaining with a prayer request. Pharaoh began to yield. Even though his heart would not change to obey God, he bent and caved towards God's judgment. This second plague was already too much for him to handle, and it has been problematic for him. During the first plague, he had a complete disregard to God. His heart remained hard. Pharaoh saw the whole water body of the Nile turned into blood. And he turned around and just walked right back into his own palace and did not even take to heart the sign of catastrophe from God. But now at the second plague, seven days later, Pharaoh began to pay attention to God. So he asked for Moses and said, pray to God for me. And how Moses responded was this. I leave to you, Pharaoh, I leave to you the honor of setting the time for me to pray for you and your officials and your people. Pharaoh, you can tell me when you want this to stop. Tell me precisely and exactly when you want me to pray for you. This was what Moses was saying. And the idea was this, so that you will know it is by the power of prayer that God hears and answers prayers, and God alone will stop this plague at that exact time that you get to name. When these frogs are taken away, it won't be because of anything else but God. So Pharaoh says, tomorrow, pray for me tomorrow. So came tomorrow, and Moses prayed, and all the frogs died on the land without returning to the river of blood. After which, Pharaoh was relieved. The situation came under control. And Pharaoh ignored God again and his command with a hard heart. And Pharaoh would not let God's people go to worship him. 
In the book of Exodus were ten plagues against ten gods of the human heart. The second idol being judged and exposed by God is the idol of circumstance. As long as we are relieved in our circumstances, as long as we're in our comfortable way of life, we harden our hearts against God and forget about God. That is the false god of the heart being judged by God. As if, as long as life were comfortable for us, we credit it to ourselves that everything is okay and all the things in the world just works itself out. Just like the way Pharaoh felt relieved, and he immediately felt that he did not have to follow God or obey God anymore because the pandemic has has come under control. Pandemic is here. Let's pray to God, and God answered Pharaoh's prayer, and the pandemic was gone, and Pharaoh rejected God again and refused to obey God, or to let his people go to worship him. People today idolize circumstance the same way Pharaoh did. If life were comfortable. We refuse to let ourselves go to worship God. When life was comfortable, there is plenty of excuses for not going to God's church. Too busy, too far, too difficult, not entertaining, not relatable, not likable, and people put God out of sight and out of minds. When disasters came, people start to pray or asking to be prayed for, like Pharaoh would ask, "Pray for me." And as soon as God answers our prayers, we reject God again and forgot about Him. An old-fashioned expression for this behavior is backsliding. And God sent a plague to reveal this idol in the hearts. As long as there are idols in the hearts of men, God will judge by plagues to reveal these false and wrongful worship, until God Himself is worshipped alone. The idolatrous heart would believe in God for just a moment to have prayers answered for the sake of personal comfort, circumstance, and believe Him not a moment longer afterwards. As soon as there's relief, as long as and as soon as you feel comfortable again, have the life that you wanted or the relationships that you wanted, the social status that you wanted, you retract from believing in God again. That's the idolatry. You walk away from God, and you, like Pharaoh, harden your own heart, and not let yourselves go to worship God. That is in no way a real faith placed in God. God knows the idolatrous heart that does not genuinely or believe in Him. God knows the idolatrous heart that does not genuinely believe Him, or love Him, or to worship Him. That is a self-obsessed and ungrateful heart of a person idolizing personal comfort with a complete disregard for God, as if as if to use God for our own gains. When we get what we want, we immediately dispose of God. Terrible. Prayer is not our means to control circumstances through God. True. And real prayer is an expression of the Spirit of God in us, yielding ourselves to the will of God. That is real worship by faith. I once met a person who was very sick. It was a painful illness for a very long time. When I met her, she insisted I pray for her so that she could be healed. 
She was prayed for, and very quickly she recovered. God's healing to you, I said, is an evidence of His love to you. He answers prayers. It is not the only evidence of God, but it is an evidence that you have now experienced for yourself. That's what I've said to her. And what this person said to me was, "Well, I prayed to many other gods for a long, long, long time, and maybe it was one of the other ones that 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 healed me, or maybe my body just recovered on my own." That was her response. When I heard this, I pray that God would have mercy on her when He heard that. The truth is, even circumstances are within the power of God's sovereign authority and His will. He can make frogs appear and disappear. He can make a person sick, and He can heal. He can invent new diseases no one has ever found, and He can help mankind invent a cure by giving them wisdom. And intelligence, he by justice would send plagues onto a world that refused to recognize him as God and Creator over all the earth, and he by patience and mercy would answer prayers and renew people and lands. Idols are anything that we devote our whole lives to that isn't God. Circumstances can be an idol which people worship. People idolize circumstance because many people are afraid of losing control over the way of life they wish to maintain or to attain. For about a hundred years, this was called the American dream or the illusion of it. The American dream was to attain that which we did not have, or to maintain that which we have had but cannot control. You can name any field of economy or industry or social or personal life. Therein lurks the idol of circumstance, to maintain and to attain. The more things spin out of control, there is only two ways to react: either with greater idolatry, exert a greater force to wrangle a situation into control, or to recognize and worship God that God is in control of everything. So the book of James makes a very humble plea to you: If you will worship God and find out God's will first, and Lord willing, then you will have this or you will do that. Don't say to yourself you will do this or make a fortune here or there. That's arrogance. That doesn't even understand what life is about. Jesus relieves us from the anxiety for a comfortable life. He said, "Don't be anxious about what to eat or what to drink, about your body and what clothes to put on. Isn't life itself more important than these things? If there was no life, then there is no need for any food or drink to be had. But Jesus came to promise giving life abundantly. That was precisely the mission. That was precisely Jesus' mission with us: an abundant life." And your worrying and controlling and mongering does not add a single hour to your life, but in the kingdom of God, He promises eternal life. So seek first the kingdom of God. Plagues and pandemics are the things that God would cause to happen, just to show there is absolutely nothing that you can control, save for the things God has given to you. To be a steward for, 
your body, your mind, your decision, your speech, your life, the life you're born into, your possessions given by God to you so that you may be a steward and accountable to God. God would cause a disease that only He could fix. And God could make all the things in your life spin completely out of control if He has to. And God will prove it by answering your prayer so that you will know God is able and God is God alone. So that you will be nothing like Pharaoh. And instead, you will bow to worship God. That's the point of the second plague with the frogs. It wasn't about the frogs. It's about seeing and knowing God that God answers prayers and God is in control. Pharaoh asked, Moses prayed, pandemic averted. This plague is not about the power of prayer. It's about the power of the God who answers prayer and God's clarity in examining the hearts of men and women, whether anyone truly worship Him or just using Him with lip service or flowery prayers from empty hearts. That's the difference between Moses and Pharaoh. 